0: I know someone in our church family was waiting for that song to be sung for quite a while. Uh, Mary Ellen Carrado. Uh, that song was sung at her mother's funeral and, uh, and it became very precious to her. And when I first heard that song, uh, it became very precious to me. Thank you. Heavenly Father, as we think of what you have in store for us as your children. We know, Lord, that we will be gathered around your throne. And we won't know how to say thank you, but we know that we will bow down and worship thee. And we will cast our crowns at your feet, which we don't deserve. And Father, we will sing the hymn of heaven. We will sing, worthy is the lamb. was slain father now i ask lord until that trumpet sounds we might be found faithful and once again we look into your word i pray that you will guide us direct us father and challenge us father in the way we should live as we take your word and apply it to our hearts and lives we ask all this in jesus name amen amen if you'll take your Bibles now, would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians, our new series in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to look at the next few verses. 1 Corinthians 1, beginning at verse 18. And this next passage of Scripture, what Paul does now is he contrasts the response of the saved versus the lost of the world to the message of the cross, to the word of the cross. See, this is going to be all about what you and I put our faith in. What you and I, as believers in Jesus Christ, stand upon. And what the world thinks of us. And what they think of our message. So look with me at verses 18 to 24. Paul writes, For the word of the cross is to those who are perishing foolishness. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise And the cleverness of the clever I will set aside. Where is the wise man? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since the wisdom of God, since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For indeed, Jews ask for a sign. Greeks search for wisdom. Verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified. To the Jews a stumbling block and to the Gentiles foolishness. But to those who are being called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. What we have here is Paul bringing forth to the church at Corinth, telling them that, remember this, you are surrounded by all those who don't know Christ. Who think they have it all together. That they know it all. And that they know the way uh, of life. That they have all the knowledge and wisdom. And are this little idea of putting faith in someone who died on a cross. And he was called the Messiah. And yet, yet he died. What kind of message is that? And Paul is saying... Beware of those who will come against you. They are going to look at you and me like we are fools. That the message we have, it doesn't make sense. And so they will laugh at us and they will mock us. Notice he says, the word, verse 18, the word of the cross Is to those who are perishing, foolishness. Those who are, that word perishing, speaking of those who are dying in their sin and headed for hell. They look at our message of the cross and of Jesus as just ridiculous nonsense. But the word of the cross to us who are being saved by it, it is what? The power of God. Through the word of the cross, how we are saved when that gospel of the cross is, had been preached to you and to me, we were then saved through the power of God through it. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2, if you would. Just go over now to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Hebrews 2, pick it up at verse 14. The writer of Hebrews writes... Here, concerning what Jesus Christ did through his death and his shed blood being uh, uh, shed for us to redeem us from our sins. And look what has happened through the, the cross. Verse 14 Since then, the children share in flesh and blood. He himself, Jesus Christ, likewise, also took part of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might deliver those who through the fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. What the writer is saying here, he's saying that through Christ's death, the power that Satan had and darkness had suddenly uh, became nothing. That the power of God through Jesus Christ rendered Satan helpless. And the power of the cross is what has delivered us from the power of Satan. And it delivered us from the fear of death. You know, one thing when you talk to people and you talk about life, you get on life issues, the one thing they cannot handle is when you bring them face to face with the idea of death and what happens after. And the the world is living in fear because of that final moment so they pretend like it's not going to happen they live their life full bore in their own wisdom in their own ideas and understanding of what they think they are in the world but they put out of their minds the idea that they're going to die one day but then after that what happens next You and I, when we put our faith and trust in Christ and we put our faith in the cross, the cross on which Jesus died, we know that he was buried, he rose again from the dead. And because he lives, because we have a risen Savior who's at the right hand of God the Father and he's coming back for us, you and I need not fear death. This last Sunday, uh, Sherry Stoner and the family held the service for her mother. I'm sorry, for her her father, Noah. Prayed for her mother, Susan. uh, Again, as it's a difficult loss as he was young. But at that service, the, the comfort and hope was in that Noah knew the Lord. And he was ready to meet the Lord when he would die because he was suffering greatly. But he knew that death was not to be feared, but it had already been conquered by the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the word of the cross, the power of the cross. But to the world out here, they'll look at you and go, you're crazy. Turn back with me to 1 Corinthians then, chapter 1. If we go back. So the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are not saved, to those who are perishing. And then Paul writes, he quotes actually in verse 19, he quotes from Isaiah 29, 14. And this is a prophetic statement by Isaiah that God said what he was going to do, and this is in reference to when Jesus would come and destroy the wisdom of the world. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the cleverness of the clever, and I will set aside. You see, he's saying God already prophesied that this worldly wisdom would be destroyed, and all their cleverness would be destroyed by one message, and that's the message of the cross. And then he goes on, verse 20, he says, So where are the wise men? Where are the scribes? Where are the debaters? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. They can have all the wisdom uh, their worldly wisdom, and they can have all the knowledge, but it, it doesn't lead them to God. And so therefore they do not know God. And it, uh, God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message, the message of the cross, preached to save those who believe. And for the Jews, it was they ask for a sign. And for the Greeks, they search for Wisdom. The wisdom of God. You see, the Jews, when Jesus was on earth, they always looked for another sign. Prove to us that you are the Son of God. You know, give us a sign. And, of course, he did all these miracles, but that wasn't enough for them. They wanted another miracle. And Jesus then told them of a sign that was coming. Turn to Matthew chapter 12 with me real quick. Let's go over to the gospel of Matthew. Chapter 12. And and, and we'll come to verse 39. Well, actually 38. Matthew 12, beginning of verse 38. Then some of the scribes and Pharisees answered him, speaking of Jesus, saying, Teacher, we want to see a sign from you. And that's what the world wants. The world out there, they look at the message of the cross and go, on, Well, that's ridiculous. Show, show, me, show me something that I can understand that's logical you know, that, that I could touch or feel or or that makes sense. And so the Jews wanted this sign to prove that he was a son of God. Verse 39, And he answered and said to them, An evil and an adulterous generation craves for a sign. And yet no shine, sign shall be given to it, but the sign Of Jonah the prophet. For just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the sea monster, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall stand up with this generation at the judgment and shall condemn it because they repented At the preaching of Jonah and behold, someone greater than Jonah is here. Jesus makes it clear to them here and they don't understand it, what Jesus is really talking about. But Jonah was was a picture in the Old Testament of the burial, the death and burial of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then after three days, the fish threw Jonah up alive onto the shore. And three days later, Jesus Christ came out of the tomb. And so he's saying, oh, there will be a sign. This will be the, the, the number one sign. I will rise from the dead. And they didn't believe it. They refused. They they mocked it. And this, to them, this whole idea of of Jesus being a Messiah, and then he was, he was, but he's supposed to die on a cross. The Jews thought this was foolishness. This is ridiculous. That, well, according to the Messiah the Jews look for, he's supposed to be a, a king that's going to come and free Israel, restore the nation to its former glory, and sit on the throne of David. There's no place for the cross in this. And that's why to the Jews, this whole idea of Jesus being the Messiah and dying on a cross for their sins and that God punished him for our sins, they, they think it's, it's a joke. They will not believe. But what about the Greeks? The Greeks, what do they look for? See, in, in the, the, this culture, the Greeks were the ones that had all the smarts, supposedly. That They, they were into philosophy. They were into all this, these uh, things of, of knowledge and uh, what's the latest and uh, the latest thing. And they would argue over things and, and uh, they thought that they ha- had the corner on life with all their, all their ideas. And the, the Greeks... Would look on this idea of the message of the cross and go, Are you kidding me you th- what are you going to do with that th- th- that's that makes no sense whatsoever, and so they would just laugh at those who brought the gospel to them you know there are there are uh, different uh pictures that we can have that give us uh, an idea, more of a a symbolism of, of how the message of the cross is a joke to the world. And we should not be ashamed of our message. We should not be afraid of how they're going to respond to you. For the message of the cross is going to be an offense to those we tell it to. How many times, and we talked about this Wednesday night at our men's Bible study. How many times have you had the opportunity to share the gospel message of the cross with a family member, with a friend who does not know Christ? And you tell them that this is the way. Jesus is the only way. What then? What do they say? Have you ever had them get angry at you? Yes. Some of them go, oh, you want, now you've got religion. Or suddenly they, they turn on you. Sometimes families will uh, basically uh, isolate you and say, well, he's the kook in the family. And, and basically they, they look on you as if you have lost your mind. And you, your message is an offense. Turn to 1 Samuel with me. We're going to an unusual place here in our message this morning concerning the word of the cross. 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel 17. And here in verse 17, we're going to be picking up at verse 17. 40 in just a moment but okay so i want to i i saw in the story of david and goliath the the image of what paul is trying to tell the church as the world and its wisdom and how they look on us we who are weak and don't have mu- we don't have all the training, we don't have all the degrees on the wall, we haven't gone to all this, these schools, and, and we're one of the intellectual uh, you know, men uh, or women of this age, this world. This, this came to me. Let me see. Who is the smallest boy or girl here? Let me see. I'm looking around. Um, I'm going to call someone up, um, oh, ah, see, they're all downstairs, um, okay, <laughs> with the kids program, okay, um, wh- why don't we go, Grace, Grayson. Grayson, come on up, all right, Grace, come on, but, but, buddy, I didn't want to pick on you because to say you're the smallest, but you're a strong guy. But here's here's Grayson, okay? Now look out here and look at all the people, right? And tell me which guy do you think is the the man is the biggest out there? The biggest guy and the strongest. Can you see somebody? Hey what what, what about Landis right there? you think him? Yeah? No? Okay. Landis, come on up. All right, you're it. Okay, come, my friend. All right, here's Landis. Thank you, Landis. Appreciate you coming up, my friend, over here. If you'd stand over here. All right, here we go, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. Okay. So our story is David and Goliath. Okay. Who do you think you're gonna be? Yes. You're gonna be David. Wonder what you're gonna be. You, yeah, I guess. That's right. You have to be Goliath, okay? So you're gonna face each other now. So you come out, you you're the he's here's the mighty man of the Philistines. He's got all the power and strength of the world. Goliath represents the world's wisdom. And what and they think that they're strong. They think that they have the power and that they're the smartest, the wisest. And so this is worldly wisdom. Yeah, and it's pictured in Goliath. Okay? Then we come to David who represents the message of the cross. He is a picture of this message that we carry being saved through the cross. And so they come out on the battlefield. All right. So you guys are going to act this out. Okay. So I knew you were ready for this. Okay. So you have a, a pretend you have a sling. All right. I'm going to read this. Uh, then you're going to get some stones. Okay. And you're dressed up in all your armor. So you got a shield and you got a giant sword. Okay. All right, here we go. Okay. And David took his stick in his hand and he chose five smooth stones. Go pick five five stones. Put them in your pouch. He found them at the brook. Put them in his, his shepherd's bag. And his sling was in his hand. So practice your sling. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. And he approached the Philistine. So now you're over here with the Israelites and the soldiers, and they're scared to death of this guy. And now little David, he's not afraid, but he steps onto the battlefield in front of Goliath. You come over here and look him square in the eye. Now, physically speaking... If I were to say, I want you to fight each other right now, who do you think would win? (laughs) I think you're right. Right, Grayson. You don't want to mess with this guy. He would crush you. You know, and according to the world, you look at this and go, here's the strong. Here's the weak. Here's the wisdom of the world. And here is... uh, Stupid little Christians who had this this little idea of foolishness that they're going to be saved by believing in this cross message and Jesus dying on a cross. So then the Philistine came and approached David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine saw David, here it is, he disdained him for he was but a youth and ruddy with a handsome complexion. Hey, did you know you were handsome? Yeah. All right. <laughs> but here, Goliath, notice it says, Goliath disdained him. He di- he disdained him. Why? Because he's a puny little kid. What are you doing? And then, here we go. And so, Goliath, would you read for me these, this verse and this verse, 43 and 44, and read it as if you're re- saying it to him. 43. Start here and just two verses, 43 and 44. Oh, hold on. Green again? Green, green mic. Thank you. And the Philistine said to David, "Am I told... All right, you're, you're now. You're going to say this to him now, okay? That you came to me with sticks. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. <clears throat> the Philistine also said to David, "Come to me, and I will give you flesh to the and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sea and the breast of the field." The beast on the field. Thank you. Here's Goliath. I'll I'll take that for a second. Thank you, Goliath. So he disdained him. He looks at him. And he says, come here, and I'm going to give your body to the birds. I'll make you nothing but flesh for them to eat. You know, you little boy. And then you are going to... David suddenly says, okay, you are going to... Can you read... 45, 46, and 47. Okay, so you're going to say this to this. And David said to the Philistine, so start there and say it to him real loud.
1: You come to me with a sword and a spear and a
0: javelin. What's that? Javelin, yes. Javelin,
1: but I come to the Lord, O host, the Lord of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. Taunted. This day of the Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down, and remove your head from you, and I will give you dead bodies
0: of uh, right.
1: dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, right. that all the earth may know that here is a God in Israel. One more. And that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver him by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hands.
0: Amen. Give me a hand. Thank you. You did fantastic, David. Oh, did you hear that? And here he is, this little boy, not afraid, Trusting in the Lord, believing and he's, he's confronting this human physically it's impossible to beat him, but spiritually he knew that he represented God, and he had the Lord behind him, and he believed that the Lord will do the fight the battle for him, okay so thus, David, here we go now, David. Put his hand into his bag. So put your hand, get a stone out. All right, put it in your sling. Swing it around. He swung it around. And he threw it. And he struck the Philistine on the forehead. Pretend you just got hit. That, that's it. That's it. And the stone sank deep into his forehead so that he fell on his face to the ground. gotta play the part you, you're being paid for this oh, okay <laughs> that's all right we won't make them do that we won't make them do it give them a hand would you thank you thank you guys Grayson I'm telling you you know uh do you understand can you see using this picture the world versus the Christian and the message of the cross what the, what the difference is? In closing, look at 1 Corinthians again. And let's just look at the last few verses, okay? And pick it up with me at verse 25 through 31. So Paul goes on, verse 25. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble. And again, we think of Goliath being so mighty. But that's not. those are the kind of people that God called to believe in the cross. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world again. A man dying on the cross, claiming to be the son of God, he will uh, uh, die for the sins of the world. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things, there's David, of the world to shame the things which are strong. And the base things of the world and the despised, God has chosen that things that are not, that he might nullify the things that are so that no man should boast before God. But by his doing, you, believer, are in Christ Jesus, who became to us the wisdom of God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. Just that it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. By you and I believing in the cross, what did God give us? There it is in verse 30. By his doing, you now are in Christ because you believe the silly, crazy message of the the cross, the word of the cross. By his doing, you are now in Christ who became to us. And so this is what Christ has given us when we put our faith in him for salvation. One, wisdom of God. You and I were given the wisdom of God. For that's the message of the cross. It's the wisdom of God that the world can't comprehend and they think it's all ridiculous. The wisdom of God was given to you, righteousness was given to you, sanctification was given to you. You were set apart for God to God's glory and called his own. You were set apart unto God and called a child of God now. And then you were redeemed. Redemption. That you and I, dear Christian, have been redeemed from our sin so that we were headed for hell, but by God's grace, we heard the message of the cross and we believed it and the Lord came and saved us through Jesus Christ who then gave, all, gave us all the riches in him. And we now have the message. And as you leave here this week, you go out there, that world is going to laugh at you if you speak the name of Jesus. It's so sad to see so uh, many of the, like, like some of the old uh, good Bible colleges, um, they had the name Bible in their in their title well they many of them most of them have removed that because it's offensive and if you speak the, use the name of Jesus I mean you can use it as a curse word the world will accept you but don't use Jesus in a serious way because the world will mock you and look at you like you're foolish and they're going to laugh at you But you and I have the message of the cross and the message is Jesus saves. Jesus saves. And what they don't want to hear is that there's only one way. When you get to that point where you're telling someone there is no other way to heaven but through Christ. When you and I say that, that will suddenly, but, turn people against us and our message will become an offense to them because how dare we as believers in Christ say that Jesus is the only way and that's and that will really uh, turn people against us and you and I will be persecuted in these last days my friends let's hold fast to the message of the cross and don't be ashamed of it and let us march out there until Jesus returns holding the banner of the cross high and saying, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. Let's pray together. As we conclude this morning, with heads bowed, dear Christian, as you look into your own heart, Father, perhaps you have been ridiculed you have been made fun of for your, your faith in Christ by family, by co-workers, friends, and others. And it has cost you relationships. Sometimes you wonder, well, maybe I'm not going to talk about it anymore, talk about my faith, talk about Jesus, because I can't take anymore. Dear Christian, would you right now Ask the Lord to give you the boldness to continue to stand for Christ and proclaim the glorious gospel message of the cross. Would you make that decision this morning, Christian? And ask the Lord to keep you from fear, to be able to face what's out there and face the opposition. And he will give you strength, the words to speak, and the courage to stand. If you're here without Christ, I invite you to open your heart and receive Christ as your Savior. He died for you on the cross. And perhaps you've heard the message before that Jesus died for your sins on the cross. He took the punishment for you. And all you have to do is believe on him, receive him by faith, and admit you're a sinner. He will come into your heart and life and save you and cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. Your sins will be forgiven. You'll be given the free gift of eternal life. Maybe that has been foolishness to you before, but today you realize it is the wisdom of God and Jesus is the only way. Would you open your heart to him right now? Receive him by faith. Pray a simple prayer like this with me now. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. I believe you died on that cross for me. And you took the punishment for my sin. Come into my heart. And wash my sins away. I receive you today. As my very own Savior. Thank you for dying for me. And rising from the dead. Lord Jesus. And with head still bowed. If you gave your heart to Christ. You are now a child of God. You have been born again spiritually, born into the family of God. And now your sins have been forgiven and you have a home in heaven waiting for you. We welcome you to the family. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the message of the cross that you gave to we we who are weak in our sin. We who are not many noble or mighty, But Lord, we came knowing that we cannot save ourselves. Father, I thank you for those who have trusted Christ today and put their faith in him. I pray you'd give them the the assurance of their salvation, knowing that Jesus now saved them forever and ever. He dwells within them and he will never leave them. And then, Father, give us as your children the boldness to proclaim the gospel message. Until we see our Savior face to face. We pray all these things. In Jesus name.
1: Amen. Amen.